Do you do you, yeah. do, you, do you guys like to do an intro or do you guys just like to do Mark Marin? You're like already talking. We like to do an intro. We literally just did the intro. Man. I know. I apologize. I missed it. I I missed it. I so here's what happened. I missed the whole thing. Oh, you weren't here. I wasn't even there. Yeah, I noticed yeah, yeah, yeah. for a sec oh, there was shit. like two of you. I'm yeah, like, sorry. No, I'm an idiot. Good. Uh, we'll talk to the editor. <laughs> yeah, fix it. Oh. It's me, the true outlaw of comics, Ramon Villalobos, and as always, I'm here with Daniel Irizarry. What's up? <laughs> what I switched it up. Yeah, you, it's you fine. Me for a loop, and we got a very special guest. It's the holiday season. All of the big holidays are coming up. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. You know, Christmas after that. Kwanzaa's in the middle of there somewhere. Passover. All the great holidays. But we have to start off with the holiday, and for the holiday, the high holiday, the highest of the holidays, we need the highest of the dudes for International Men's Day. And who else? Who's higher? Happy International Men's Day, everybody. Happy International Men's Day, everybody. But who's higher than Aubrey Big Chuck Sitterson? Hey, boys. How come I did Here's the, I, I'm sorry. I've got to start you know, this like one. You not like my intro? Did my I did, well, suck? I'm You're sorry. No. You've done this Listen, before. I'm I don't need to start on a hostile note, but I feel like... You and Daniel, you got like you got the you got the the that Latinx flavor on your <laughs> on your on your names, your introductions. I felt I was like, oh shit, is he gonna do is he gonna do my name with like the cool accent? And you did not, and I just feel your a name doesn't out. have a That's cool a, accent. But you <laughs> could, about, I feel like you could just you could just aggressively give it. Well, you could try. I don't how about know. we call him? How about we call him Hijo del Sentador? Abrecito, abrecito, abrecito. I like abrecito. You can listen. I'm not asking for that. Just, just roll the, just roll the R a little bit. That's it. That's all I know. Citerson. Yeah, that's that's good. I like that too. Yeah, it sounds sounds Latino. Abrecito. that's not good no that sounds terrible that's not good yours is better you know what's crazy i don't even speak spanish but i got the accent (laughs) because i do it's good to music you know i know yeah i listen to to the radio i'm it's in my blood i don't want to (laughs) flex but it's there uh how are you doing bro we're at the end of the crowdfunding thing you guys looking good man we're looking really good uh we got funded like the first five so it's uh Tyrell Cannon and I, uh, the, the legend Rose. Tyrell, dude, he's so good. Um, we uh we got funded really fast. Like wait a minute, five wait a minute, days. wait a minute, wait a minute. It's you, Tyrell, Fico, Fico Osio, Fico Osio on colors, Taylor Esposito on letters. Man, there it is. The whole team. We get. We can't not credit. We got them. the whole gang. Oh man, I wouldn't you know, dare. You know how, I always give credit. You know how much colorists and letterers cry if you don't credit them? It's insane. I think every bro. listen. I think everybody cries if they don't. I get don't credit it. <laughs> Everybody I, I squirts a few tears. Absolutely deserve every single credit. It doesn't matter that tweets have 250 <laughs> characters. 
You gotta get the whole crew. You Listen, that's get why you. That's why you. Editor. That's why you add a photo to the tweet and then you tag the people. In that's it. that's the move right there. That's the that's the ex, that's the pro move, man. That's the move right uh, there. And everybody, tags. I've been tagged in things and nobody knows it. <laughs> everybody checks the tags. Nobody. I've never, never even checked so a tag it's in just my life. Like you know. <laughs> I've never once checked You're the tag. You're in this tweet. Nobody else is gonna know. And what I, you do uh, is we also have we do, we also have threaded things. So if you want to get, insert another person, just make another tweet and say, "Oh, and this." Put me person. in the goddamn top tweet. I mean that now. You, that's the thing is that you start doing that, people are gonna be like, "Why wasn't I in the first tweet?" Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's happening. Win. I think this is. I think this is just a, a a deranged set of possibilities. This isn't happening to you, is it? Are you hearing from people because they're not? I feel away. You know how you know me, Aubrey. I have my ear to the streets, dude. <laughs> I, uh, I, if people are complaining about something, I know about it. Listen, uh, to answer your question, everything's going great. Kickstarter got funded <laughs> in five days. <laughs> we are we're we're very very close to hitting our first stretch goal, which I'm really excited about because you know here's the thing, man. Once you you know the initial goal that was enough money to get it made. To get yeah. the, to get the team paid, I didn't take a rate because I just wanted to keep that rate. I wanted to keep that goal really low because I wanted to make sure we get to make this thing exactly. Um, but so anything above that initial goal, that's profit in a real way, and I'm really yeah. excited because we're doing with that what you should do with the profits from a creative endeavor. You split it amongst the team working on it, man. And so that's what that's that's what we're doing regardless. But what? if we hit if we hit twenty five K, then everybody gets like their official higher rate. But even if nice. we don't hit twenty five K, that money is still getting split amongst the team. So Aubrey, it's Aubrey, the point the point of profit is to invest. <laughs> okay. You invest, take that profit, you put it you put it into stocks, you make it get Kickstarter stocks. <laughs> this is, that's how you. I don't know what that's you're doing. the free market capitalism. Does somebody? Does anybody innovation. do? Does anybody how, do that? Does anybody sell st- like interest in their Kickstarter things? Is that a thing that people do? No, no. Not yet. Not yet. And that's why man. they're always back at Kickstarter for a second round of handouts. <laughs> they're not venture capitalists like me and Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> we only uh, ask for one you handout. You to get Tyrell paid more, please. <laughs> please, you know, not what just we're... Tyrell, Ty- not just Tyrell, but Fico and Taylor too, man. You're trying to um, give him a fish, dude. I'm trying to teach you how to fish. <laughs> you're trying. You're trying to pay uh, Taylor. You're trying to pay uh, 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 your letterer more money. I'm trying to pay. This is I'm trying to get everybody criminal. paid. Everybody more money, dog. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Don't listen to Daniel. <laughs> it is beautiful, I don't know. man. It sounds communist. It, it, uh, it's fishy. Speaking of which, this is I don't trust it. this is the premier unadulterated leftist comic of our of our era of our generation. What? Probably the, like, beef bros. What, is? is there a different one? Like, did we <laughs> we didn't we didn't agree on this? I thought this was the the right wing capitalist <laughs> pod for comics. Damn it. That's every other podcast about comics. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, like, man. I'm joking. I'm playing a character. No, but like, for real though, like, it is funny. Like, being in comics, everything about comics uh, is like the difference between Beef Bros and like the way you're approaching this, Aubrey, is everybody else in comics, it doesn't matter if you're like a fringe right wing asshole that's like a comic skate guy or otherwise. Like, it's about making like money just for the sake of like being capitalist, right? It's not about 
spreading an idea or any like no comic books are about ideas other than just getting paid for the uh, most part yeah i mean like i i i think that's broadly true you know i think there there certainly are you know comic books that are about more than that uh, sure, but sure, I, sure. I think what what i'm is... talking about real comics with action in them not like <laughs> well yeah man especially if you start getting into superhero stuff um right, because right. the fact of the matter is and this is a thing this is interesting too right because Beef Rose is a comic that I don't think would work in the direct market, at least single issue wise. You know, eventually I hope we have enough that we can figure out a way to, um, and like, and retailers have been buying this thing though in higher numbers than I would have expected, honestly. Because we That's did like it. a retailer tier. Yeah, it's really cool that um, retailers see this as something, you know, valuable to put in their store to put in their stores. Yeah, man, that's yeah. really exciting. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, to make numbers to big enough to justify the involvement of diamond and comic book shops you need to get their cut and stuff like right. that to scale the operation to that level you need a level of success that i don't think we could have found in the direct market um because if you want to do superheroes in the direct market they need to be owned by disney or warner brothers right, right? uh there's just not room for you know and there are outliers right like Invincible uh, it was an amazing comic that had a really long run, but it very much was an outlier. You know, Spawn still exists off in its own corner, you know, it does really well. But by and large, if you want to do a superhero book, it has to be Marvel or DC. Um, and that means that, and, you know, and that, that defines most of the direct market, comics market. And most of that stuff is, you know, it has the politics of a massive media conglomerate, right? Like, yeah. like it has, it has politics right in line with that. Um, which is to say that, you know, there are plenty of like liberal signifiers and like, um, progressive imagery that gets kind of like co-opted and commodified. Uh, but the base level assumptions of these things are very much, um, you know, rooted in like a market based view of everything. Right? right. And this goes for this goes for the most like aggressive right wing superhero comic you can think of, as well as whatever like the new hot, like touted as progressive liberal icon comic. You know, whatever that is right now. Yeah. You know, like it's it's for day, all of them. All that all that stuff is about creating IP, creating stuff that is gonna be made into like a movie or a action yeah. figure or a fucking cartoon show. Like you know, even when it is just about, like, you know, identity politics, it's, like, a very, like, neoliberal view of, like, well, we need a Mexican superhero or a black superhero or a lesbian. Yeah, you know it's, a commodi- it's a commodification of identity is what it is. It's, you know? it's about it's, representation for cash, you know? Right. They commodify it. it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so the – and but even beyond that, you know, even beyond the actual business practices, you know, what – those superheroes over the course of decades have evolved into is, is really far removed from what superheroes were initially, you know, superheroes as originally envisioned by Jewish, like by the children of Jewish, the working class Jewish, the working class children of Jewish immigrants in the 1930s, they were populist champions. That's what Superman was. The very first superhero. Have you read, Uh, have you read the early Superman stuff? Yeah, man. It's, it is high octane, powerful stuff. Yeah. I have for the show. Like I read a bunch of it. Because I, I we want to do I want to do a Superman like you know Golden Age like I want to do an episode where we just dive into that because there's like truly psychotic stories and like mm-hmm. yeah he is he is like about like you know labor laws and stuff but he's also just like a, a wild dickhead yeah <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's a know, different thing I see it's the a... beef bros in that you know I see <laughs> the energy I see that vision well and that's the idea man yeah is 
is that superheroes have become their goal their their raison d'etre, right? There is protecting institutions and right. hierarchies from people when that's the opposite of what superheroes should be. Superheroes yeah. should be protecting people from oppressive institutions and right. abusive exploitive hierarchies, right? Wherever yeah. they are. That's and that's, and that's what be and that's what Beef Bros is about, man. I was going to say just to like go back to last week's episode. That's kind of what Batman, like Frank Miller's Batman because it is like a libertarian yeah. take, but there is like a real anti-authoritarian anti-authority anti-authority like streak through it where it's just yeah. it's distrustful of institutions. It's about empowering people. So like there's this there's this weird conflicting ideology in it's there. It's about Batman protecting uh, Dick Grayson well, Bat- directly by kidnapping from the cops him though. And yeah. from, from the cops. From the cops. And like yes. there's that that's a streak throughout it. I know we want to do episodes I I, I want to do episodes about like Golden Child and all the other ones too cuz I just find Frank Miller's take on Batman like the best and most fascinating one. But yeah. it ain't about Ben. It's about the Beef Bros. It's, it's about, about the Beef Bros, brother. It's about I just the beef wanted bros. to tie it in because, you know, it was like a perfect set. Like, that's such a great point that you made about, like, that's what superheroes should be about. Yeah. But at some point, it has just become about protecting institutions, like you said. And it's interesting, man. I, I think the, the Frank Miller thing is interesting to bring up, too, right? Because, like, people, I, I think... Um, flattening political discussions to just a left-right spectrum is really disingenuous and not incredibly helpful, right? Because right. there's multiple there's multiple spec there's multiple like axes, right, with, with right. which we judge politics. And you know there are you know one of those is authoritarian versus libertarian, right? You know, and there are people on the left, and there are people at every part of the the. Sp- the political spectrum there are people who are authoritarian or libertarian that's a split all up and down the the political spectrum and so you can be libertarian but still be pretty right wing and just yeah. like you can be just like you can be left wing and still be very libertarian right. um you know and so it's it, no, it's, it's, like it's a, a fascinating thing I, I was reading last night about like the mexican revolution and sort of like how it that time with the russian revolution and you know, they're like the whole like Zapatista army and all that stuff. And it's like it's insane how splintered like the same idea, the same ideology of like, you know, sort of power to the people, like communist stuff, or whatever. It just got twisted like 800 different ways until it just yeah. became like the neoliberal party of, of Mexico for like you know, a long, long time. But like it happened at the same time as the Russian Revolution. So they never got to be like full on communist in Mexico. That's it was interesting. Like, it was about like nationalism. It was like very strange. I'll, I'll I love thinking about the article about that. Yeah, man, I would love that. I don't know enough about the Zapatistas and I, just Mexico. In general. I don't know enough about Mexico. Period, because they didn't you teach us what? any of that shit Neither in high I. school. And that's <laughs> actually that's a great segue to something I wanted to talk to you about because like I was I was reading about I've been reading about a lot of that stuff too because I'm fascinated by it. Um, like now, like later in life. But, yeah. you know, my, my background growing up in Northern California, like the Central Valley, we were sort of raised to, like, respect, like, you know, Cesar Chavez because he marched for, like, the, the pickers. And, yeah. you know, I'm Mexican, so that was, like, very profound. Dude, that's a that's a, that's a municipal holiday in Los Angeles, Cesar yeah. Chavez's birthday. It's very cool. But, like, you know, he marched up here. Like, this is where, like, this mm-hmm. this region is where he was, like, 
doing all the big protests and they teach you in a way they, he's an he's an american hero <laughs> no he's specifically a chicano hero <laughs> yeah, but, but, i think but it's both it, i think no, it's both no, man. I'm just kidding. yeah I'm man kidding. for sure yeah no and i and i say american in the broad sense like in the oh, continent yeah. of america but like his his actions were in in like North American or the United States, even though he was he was working for the the Mexican people in uh, North America, but uh, it, it becomes a little bit different. This is where I where I become a little bit like uh, pedantic about like the differences. Like I imagine it, it, it it's a different story in Mexico, which is I guess what you were talking about, like the Zapatista heroes history, mm-hmm. right? Well, so like my my whole point was. Like, like you were talking about, all that shit gets flattened. Like, yeah. I grew up understanding that. We read Steinbeck because he's also wrote about this area. But they don't tell you about the politics of it. They don't tell you about, like, what it means about, like, class struggles and that kind of thing. And Aubrey, yeah, you're from the South. Yeah, man, Virginia. So I, I, was, I was just wondering, like, how your sort of, like, ideology shaped as you grew up to, like, become the writer of Beef Bros, you know? Instead <laughs> how did of, we get here? How did how did this happen? What how did you become such a righteous dude when thanks, I look bro. at when I First look all, at thanks. people from the south they're disgusting. They listen to Leonard Skinner. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't were... differ from that. Uh, so here's the thing, man. Um I First of all, like I know you're doing it in jest, right? I'm but I think it's it. like yeah. I know, but like I do take exception to broad characterizations of people from the south because the fact of the matter is this and like if you, if this is a discussion that people have right it's like a lot of these places that people like shit on are like wow we should just kick them out and fuck yeah. you know like what does alabama need you know what do we need from alabama like these are places with a t- just a huge amount of marginalized peoples right, right? um and it, the the problem isn't you know that people in the south are dumb or that you know they are uninterested in, you know, class struggle or whatever. The problem is that the institutions of capital in those places are so entrenched and so strong and have gerrymandered and manipulated and exploited the people in those communities for so long, for so effectively that... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that like that they the people there can't let their voices be heard. You know, so like yeah. I don't know. Now I'm being pedantic, but that's like a bug. No, but of mine. it's no, it's super true though. I don't know my uh, my good friend Tamra Bonvi- Bonvion, uh, the colorist. That's good of pronunciation too. My... Everybody gets everybody You're gets good pronunciation except for me. Hitting all the double L's, like Tayo Bonvion. <laughs> what about Citerson? Mm. <laughs> Love it. Very good. Uh, but no, she, she. This is like one of the things that drives her the most nuts, you know, cause she's a trans woman living in the South and you just have every time there's like an election, people saying like, why don't we just fucking turn yeah. that place to glass? Like who it's gives ugly. a fuck about the South? It's ugly. Like, there it's are so people hateful. in the South that like, you know, like, you know, if you're just like a true leftist, you have to kind of like love everybody. Right. You should. You know? and, and so this, this gets this, like, this is a, this is actually part of the answer to your question. Right. Is that, you know, the institutions and hierarchies in place in places like Richmond, Virginia, where I grew up, right? Yeah. Um, and especially at the time when I was growing up, right? Like in the 90s, man, um, there, were, there were base level assumptions uh, that everybody held, 
right? right. Um, unless you were getting to really, really radical spaces, which me as a teenager was not um, right. and wasn't really – like they weren't readily available. It's not like we didn't have Twitter that you could just find like anarcho-communists and chit-chat with them, right? right. Like that, that wasn't an option where I grew up. Um, so everybody operated under the base level assumption um, that everything is market-based. Right. Right. They operate under this assumption that, you know, and it, I was like a hyper rational kid and like a lot of kids are, especially a lot of boys, I think. You know, I think this afflicts boys more than girls. Um, I was a hyper rational. Uh, I was a hyper rational kid. This is but, but, Men's Day. We can make these broad well, generalizations today, baby. You know what? I'm glad this just is for today. <laughs> I'm glad that, I'm glad today that it's allowed. international. I'm glad that it's international. International hyperlogical men's day. I'm glad that we're having this discussion because this is honestly, this is. What I'm getting ready to describe to you, this is the alt right pipeline that people right. talk about, 100%. right? And yeah. what it, and I shudder to think what kind of person I would be if I had access to Reddit as a teenager. Honestly, yeah. because because I, the fa- because no, but, I was a hyper rational kid, and I everybody left and you know as far left as I knew existed, right? Which was like Bill Clinton. Right, which right, now I right. know is not left at all. But at the time, like that's that's all that was presented, right? There were these diametric opposites, right? There's George Bush and you know the first one, and and Bill Clinton, and that was you know that is the entirety of the political spectrum. Being left wing is going on Arsenio Hall. Yeah, man, playing saxophone, which is yeah. you know yeah. um, <laughs> the the most ethnic of the the woodwind wrist instruments. Uh, the uh, <laughs> That's funny, right? No. In contact with the I thought that was funny. I just thought you were. I thought you were being legit. I was like, I guess. No, I, <laughs> that's why it's a funny joke. Because like, is it? I don't know. I, I uh, genuinely don't know the difference between brass when what. I, yeah, I that's why know. I stu- That's why I stumbled over that joke. That's why my delivery sucked. I, I was like, is that a brass instrument or woodwind? And it's a woodwind. I think it has the thing. I the cry every time I hear a trumpet, like a sad trumpet, like a Mexican sad trumpet in a song. <laughs> Sa- saxophone is a double-edged sword you can get some you can get some good jazz but you can also get some kenny g out of it uh, kenny g kind of owns it, those sometimes is that a saxophone i thought that was a clarinet no i legit don't know listen <laughs> well we'll figure this out later what i'm telling you is this we'll come back right? to sax talk uh the entire the entire spectrum as presented to teenage aubrey was all of it was predicated on this one idea right which is yeah. as i've learned as an adult a misread. It's a it's a misunderstanding of Darwin, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Which is this? Which is the idea of survival of the fittest, right? Um, everybody on the left and right thinks that. Listen, the or not on the left and right. Everybody at the time, what I perceived as such, Democrats and Republicans both, right? Assume that everything is market based. That. Everything is competition. That is the solution to every problem. That is how we move forward. It's how we create wealth. It's where innovation comes from. It's struggle. It's conflict, right? And that was the base level assumption on both sides. And as a hyper-rational kid, I was like, okay, fair enough. Let's take yeah. that. Let, let's build off that. If that's true, what, what do we derive from that? And where it ended up for young Aubrey was – Ayn Rand objectivism being way too into Atlas Shrugged and nice. like uh, and getting like super like weirdo like Marquis de Sade and like <laughs> stuff like that like and like really into Nietzsche and like just really and like I never veered into like how how old was young Aubrey at this moment oh man I got really into 30, Atlas 32? Shrugged when I was like <laughs> yeah man this, this was like two or three years ago no uh, I was like I was 16 I was 16 and 16. I, I was like 16 I was really into Ayn Rand and that lasted through college man Mm. Um, I was like super into that stuff and, you know, 
I never veered. I'm really grateful that I never veered into like the really ugly territories. And a lot of them hadn't really like, unless, unless you wanted to like go get on Stormfront or something. Right. Like, yeah, I feel like you had to get groomed or you had to be yeah. found by a group of people to get into more extreme type. Of it was culture. a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot harder to like red pill yourself back then. You yeah. know, now it's um, super easy. Now, now it's very easy. For, yeah. And that's why it scares me, man. But like, because I, I, I think about like, if I had had access to that stuff and you know, what kind of awful or what, what awful places my brain would have gone to. Uh, but you know, the big change for me politically. So like I, I was libertarian through college, right? Okay. I wouldn't call it right wing, but it was, it was libertarian for sure. You know, like, well, like libertarianism, I think occupies like a weird space where like they just, like a lot of them want to smoke weed. So like they could be too chill to be like authoritarians. <laughs> yeah, I mean? exactly. But well, it, exactly, it's it it was like a I don't know, but I, but I wasn't like terribly politically active either, right? Yeah. Like the, it was these were just like the ideas that I had, and so that kind of led to just a general nihilism and fatalism, right? And fatalism is the bad part. I think nihilism's good, right? We should we should look we should look with cold dead eyes on the world around us and judge it for what it is right and recognize mm-hmm. that there aren't you know nobody's coming to save us there aren't these um these higher truths that other people work in favor of there's no destiny or fate right like we should be we should be nihilists but we can't be fatalists right mm-hmm. and that's kind of where i stumbled and where i kind of was for many years um just not giving a shit because i had seen i had i had seen that and this is true, and this is something I believe to be true, uh, that you know Democrats, Republicans, like they're not, they're not looking out for us. Nobody right. there is trying to help us. It's nobody's coming to save us. Um, and my conclusion from that was, well, you don't do anything. There's nothing you can do. You just fucking yeah. get by, man. And that's that sucks. <laughs> that's fatalist would and you awful. Say, and would I you say that this is sort of like. That you would be sort of like in that Fight Club generation. Oh, a hundred percent, dude. That was my favorite movie, and it's still one of my favorites. Um, I, I like it for a lot of different reasons now uh, than I I did as a kid when it came out. But um, yeah, dude. I mean it, that, and that's the thing. Fight Club w- is an anarchic text. Or the, the the film. The film is an anarchic text. The film is something different from the book. The film is an anarchic text. Um, but as a kid, I wasn't really ready for that. I couldn't get that read on it, you know. And because sure. there wasn't, there wasn't a it didn't even seem to be a possibility to question market logic, right? That was so outside of the realm of possibility. So as a teenager watching Fight Club, it leads you to kind of this like mean-spirited libertarian place. But that's actually not right. what the movie's about, you know? But as a as a teen boy with no other with with such a narrow frame of a narrow political frame of reference, right? Which has been the neoliberal project, right? Restricting, mm-hmm. like putting blinders on us and making us think that there's only this narrow path available to us. Um, that's kind of the read that a lot of kids got out of it, and I did too. And I mean, that's um, what happened with me and the Joker, bro. You know, I went full. <laughs> you got Jokerified. <laughs> I was. Like a, I, was like, I, I thought I was the Joker. Yeah, it, after it the happened. Jared Leto movie. It's happened to the best of us, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the Jared Leto movie. I'm talking about the Jared Leto movie. I got damaged on my forehead. That's how I got this tattoo. I don't know if you guys not I don't know if you guys understood that. The damage tattoo on my forehead is for the Joker movie. Oh, I thought that was just something else. I thought that was I thought that was like a rel- in like anticipation. A, I thought that was like a re- the Joker movie. I, I thought that was like an aunt, like a dear departed aunt or something. <laughs> yeah, no. My aunt's name was in Damehead. 
it's funny. Uh, yeah, so I, I kind of veered into this, like, fatalism and just not giving a hoot for a really long time. And then, like a lot of people, man, here's the thing. I got sucked back in by Obama fever. Right? Yeah. Like, I was like, Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah man. We can. Yeah, the man. Long, the long legged Mac Daddy himself. Yeah, man. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is, this is something new and hope and smooth. change. And this is, this is exciting. And didn't have a saxophone. Uh, did, yeah, but liked but him he any, had a jump shot. Liked he him anyways. Liked him anyways. He popped that shirt off at the beach, dug Shoom it. Uh, this man but, was uh, doing some mouse with, you know, blowing some then, other, some else. And then I. Um, I had like a, a very early like wake up call when that guy bailed out the auto industry. <laughs> yeah. It was like the the next minute, it was, right? It was like it the was same like, week. It, it was, was like the, it was ridiculous. It was immediate, and I was, was like, it was clear when he was setting up his transition team that it was going to be a disaster. But yeah, he got into the White House and he said, "Psych." Yeah, and I was I was really like startled by it and, con- <laughs> and confused. Oh, I was like, "You thought, bitch." <laughs> I was really I didn't know what to make of it man because like I it just seemed so wrong to me. I was like this is wrong. Why are you, you were waiting money? by your phone like why won't he call me? Like what is going on? And I remember it being really flabbergasted by it too because again like at the time there weren't these He's leftist all the right spaces. Things. And so yeah. I would I would talk to people about it and everybody I knew was like oh no 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 well, what's he supposed to do just let it let it fail. And I would be like well yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck them, right? Like, let yeah. it fail. Let the banks no, fail. That's, that's actually the market logic that your entire <laughs> life said was how it's supposed what, to work. I know. And, like, and nobody thought that. And I felt like I was losing my mind. Uh, and so I got really apathetic again, right? Sure. Um, and I, you know, what really started to move me left politically, though, um, was something. And I think this is, like, this is telling. This Podcasting. Is <laughs> it was working jobs. Yeah. It was having bosses. It was it was getting a chance to work in a bunch of dream jobs. Marvel yeah. Comics, WWE, 2K Games, and realizing that everything that I thought was true about the meritocracy and competition breeding innovation and great work and all this stuff that I just took as bedrock assumptions was nonsense, was utter nonsense. You know, like watching morons get promoted over me, having to like, having to get lectured and berated by people dumber than me. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, this, this was infuriating. The complete lie of meritocracy. Yeah, that's, man. That's what we talked about. Like on our first episode was is like the Democrats, the biggest issue that they have and not just like Latino voters in any voter is like they can't convince them because they're not the party of labor anymore. That yeah. like you vote for us because your well, they bosses never were. are fucking dumb. Why well, they, they never? never were. I know, yeah. but you know, you get what I'm saying. Like a le- yeah. a true leftist party. It's so easy to get people on your side if you want to be a party of labor and just tell people like your boss. Do they deserve more money than you? No. no. Okay no. then. That's why capitalism is stupid. <laughs> it's real I mean? simple. It's real simple. And I, I man, ha- you know, my stepdad is always veering towards Trump. And I had like a long art, like discussion with him where I was like almost convinced him to vote for Bernie Sanders in the primary. Didn't quite get there, but he was like almost there because I just told him like, look at all these people that, that are making more money are pulling the strings here. There's only one guy that doesn't want to do that. And it's this dude, you know. Mm-hmm. working the margins here but i'm like it's this guy he he's the only one that wants to like you know 
make it so that your boss isn't making more than you every time the pay raises come in. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Every single time that that wealth gets distributed, I don't know what your split is on the beef bros, you know, but. (laughs) Yeah, man. I don't I don't know what it is off the top. I don't know what it is off the top of my head either. Like every time it goes to the boss first and then, you know, that I just explaining incoming equality to somebody who works a job. And, you know, liberals would tell you, like, okay, but I shouldn't have to explain that to them. There's a fascist on the other side. It's like, right, but most people's lives don't change regardless of that's, who's and president. That's, and that's crucial, man. And that's, like, that's the problem. And that's, man, that's a thing we talked a lot of, like, when Tyrell and I were talking about when to launch Beef Bros, we were like, should we? <laughs> like, we, I, honestly, we were just kind of looking at our schedules and, like, when he could draw it and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, we like chose a date, and I realized I was like, "Oh wait, this is a week. We're we're gonna launch a week before the election." <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, and I was like, "Is that nuts?" Like, because traditionally that's a terrible idea, right? Yeah. Like, it, when you know that the entire news cycle is gonna be devoted to something else, you don't launch your thing where you're trying to get oxygen. You know, Listen, um, we launched but, our first episode the day Biden was announced as the president. It would be good for our. <laughs> yeah, man. But here's the thing, and here's and this I think is we wrote that way, and it's and it you know it definitely bore itself out to be true in terms of like looking at when we got like we got a huge spike of pledges on election day and the day after, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I think what it is is this, man. Beef Bros speaks to these frustrations. I mean, it's designed to, right? We hope it yeah. does. It speaks to these frustrations that you're talking about, which are true. No matter who is in office, right? I've had some people ask me, they're like, oh, you know, like, are you having to change anything because, like, now Biden's going to be office? I was like, no. Like, why would I change it? Like, this is <laughs> like, like, they don't fight Trump or Biden, right? Like, that's not really what, like, it's not meant to be a topical comic in, right. like, that, like, that specific. It's meant to talk about these broader foundational issues that are going to continue to be a problem no matter who is president because the yeah. systems work, because this is how the system's built. It's, it's working as designed. Right. <clears throat> and the, the, you know, it's sort of like as soon as as soon as Biden was announced, you know, I saw dudes like Kurt Busey take off that resists, and I'm like, this is what we they won. wanted. This we is won. what this is what they wanted was <laughs> yeah, and, and it proves that like you know leftists like me, you, and every like Daniel, everybody else was right to criticize them for not having mm-hmm. skin in the game. Like as soon as Biden won, as soon as the aesthetics of the United States were different, then they got to go back pretend. That we don't run like ruthless imperialist system all throughout the world. Yeah. That you know, and uh, you know, we're crumbling from the inside as it's well. Like I mean, they get to pretend it's not true because like Trump isn't like the one manifesting it. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, and I think it gets down. It gets back to this thing I was talking about earlier in terms of the assumption, the cultural assumptions that we all have, and that we are raised with you know and i think this is especially true for people who are older than us right um because they remember the cold war really vividly right you know they remember um like and and for a lot of people the soviet union is a good example of what we're talking about before in the terms of that yeah it was a worker-led government but it was also very authoritarian Right? right. So like there's it's, it's like it's not you don't want to celebrate everything about that, you know. Yeah. Um, and but for a lot of people who grew up in the Cold War, in the shadow of the Cold War, that is what leftism is. That's what socialism is. That's what communism is. And they don't understand this kind of subtle distinction between authoritarian and libertarian. Right. Yeah. Um, and they you know, there have been generations of media and history 
and pop culture, everything is predicated on the assumption that it's competition and it's dog eat dog and it's winner take all. And listen, it's not, it's not pretty what our, our government does in other sovereign governments across the world, but it's necessary to protect our safety, to make sure we have what we need to get rid of the bad guys. Like people, this, this is, this logic is deep seated and it's deeply rooted in people. And yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what my point is. Uh, just, (laughs) <laughs> i don't even know no, what i'm talking about but it's cooking, but yeah, bro i didn't want to interrupt you were yeah, going no, off it's, i'm like it's, fucking let's go it's 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 sad because i think that you know people so you're saying what you're saying is that stalin was right <laughs> the, point, the, the main point of no what i'm saying is stalin was right he's saying I'm, castro was right castro. <laughs> what i'm saying so is big what i'm saying is big bill haywood was right that's what i'm saying look him up uh but no so what i'm saying is this um if you ask people, so people have all these baked in assumptions that kind of complicate the matter, right? And it's a lot of it's based on a misreading of Darwin, I think. And if you could, but if you can sidestep that, right? If you can just say to somebody, like, if you could just take things down to like their most base, base level and say, listen, should people work together or should they work against each other? Well, obviously they should work together. You know, should people be nice to each other? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should they be kind and generous? Well, yeah, sure. If you can help somebody out, should you? Well, yeah. These are things that everybody agrees with. Christian, and that, Christian and that, principles, dude. They are right. Western like principles. They are. They. It's the golden rule, man. You know, right. it's it's not controversial stuff. But if you, it's it, sir, it forms the kernel of leftist ideology. No matter where on that leftist spectrum you are, right? That's the idea. Is the idea that we can work together instead of working against each other, and it's an idea that's born out in nature and has been born out. Uh, historically and evolutionarily, right? Humans yeah. survive not because they're the meanest animals, but because we work together. That's yeah. it. That's the entirety of it. And so, and it's true across the animal kingdom, right? Um, if you can yeah. take that as it's your true starting in Frank point, Frank Miller's Batman as well. <laughs> if you can take that as your starting point, if you can get people from all over the political spectrum to agree to those like foundational things. This is just a simple matter of building out the logic. And that's what beef bros is because beef bros, Huey and Ajax, they're dumb. Like that. They're not (laughs) smart guys, right? They're not referencing theory, uh, but they believe that you should treat people kindly, that people should work together, that you should be generous, right? Um, That you should help people when you can. And they, and they base their lives around that. And so it's a not it's not a controversial thing, but it is a belief that when carried to its logical extreme brings you in conflict with everything, with the entirety of contemporary society, right? right. Um, whether it's I'm the police. I'm getting over here. Uh, the police. <laughs> I'm getting I'm, I've heard this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ramon and I have hung out before. This isn't new information, right? Uh, oh, we... <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Daniel's like, oh my god! Believer now, this is the first time I'm hearing it. It's like, wait, have you donated to Beef Bros? You're about to. It's like, it's like I'm I'm watching the Beef Bros video all over. Yeah, yeah, good, good. That's it. I didn't say this in the Beef Bros video. This is is, bro. Let me tell you, this is. This is late in the campaign, so I have my pitch on lock. I have been have practicing. Been, I've been doing been other interviews. With your updates, with your updates, have you been getting like more and more into the preaching? Have you been uh, like? Well, you haven't been TV? reading my updates. I I've been checking them out. I haven't been. Come on, man. Come no, on. Uh, no, man. I try to. I try to keep the updates pretty expedient um, because I know that 
like, I don't know, it's a lot to ask people to read those things. So I try and just be kind of bullet pointy about stuff. I say the preaching for y'all, but here's the thing. And this is where I was, this is what I was getting to. If you could like the idea behind beef bros is to take these really simple ideas, uh, put them in the mouthpieces of these guys who, you know, visually and aesthetically aren't really what you would expect traditionally from like leftist thought. Right. right. Uh, they're like, they're big beefy bros, you know? Um, and then have them be mouthpieces for this stuff and extend it outward. I, I think it's got a really great potential to be a Trojan horse for these kind of yeah. ideas, man. And I've already seen it borne out because I have had people, I had one last night who told me that, you know, like he contributed because like, he doesn't like my politics, but he doesn't want me working on like ruining established properties and <laughs> stuff like that. And I've heard like, I've heard that from a lot of people who not a lot, but like, se like several, like at least half a dozen on, like left left comments that were like, listen, I hate your politics, but I respect what you're trying to do here, and the art looks great, and it seems really exciting and uh, good, man. That's exactly who should be who I want to be reading beef. Bros. Yeah, the, yeah. that's exactly who I want. These examples of people who would identify themselves as as right wing or or libertarian, rightish, all these people who uh have a bone to pick with uh modern comics for whatever reason they become sort of like proof of con concepts of what you're uh saying uh like more often than not you have uh won them over and it it does become a trojan horse it does become like the jokes on them they're gonna get the book anyway it like they're gonna read it and that will stick to them i don't Hopefully. know maybe they'll like film like a book burning or something with it but <laughs> i highly doubt it i highly doubt it i think I they're think... gonna love it i think they're gonna i think they're yeah. gonna read it and they're gonna be like yes. holy crap because it's it, it's gonna look awesome it is it is nothing it is constant escalation in a way that you cannot get away with in like uh traditional like comic book publisher worlds right just because they don't like that type of pacing um but it's it's gonzo action-packed bananas funny fun kind stuff i think they're gonna love it man and that's you know this book looks so good uh tyrell and fico taylor they're killing it um yes but like man you mentioned steinbeck earlier um ramon my one of my i love steinbeck i can't like i only started reading Steinbeck stuff like a few years ago. Um, it's just, mm -hmm. I don't know. It wasn't a thing that was, I was really exposed to growing up. I remember and I'm you glad... texted me like, bro, you know, they're talking about Sam. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I was, I was floored. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about yeah. it, man. And like, I, and again, it's an example, it's an example, another example of our labor history being like just stomped out and people being denied access to this stuff. And I, I'm glad I read it when I did, because if I had read it as a younger man, I feel like I wouldn't have got it. I feel like it would have really, I would have really understood what he's talking about. And I think that, you know, that is, that is sometimes a risk when you do this type of material, right? That people take the wrong lessons from it. And one of my favorites is Jack London. And I love Jack London as a kid. And I didn't realize it then that like Jack London, not only was Jack London, like a diehard socialist, but all of his work, right? Like all of like those wolves hanging out in the Yukon, having conversations with each other is they don't have conversations with each other, but you know what I'm talking about. All the wolf stories, they are on about, they are hardcore socialist parables, man. Um, and they're beautiful. And I didn't get it as a kid. And a lot of people don't get it. Like a lot of right wing guys, you'll call of the wild is their favorite book because they think it's about, you know, our natural savage state. And no, what call of the wild is about, is about, is about these, 
gnarly institutions that we get oppressed by and that are looming over us and trying to get away from them. And conversely, what White Fang is about is about escaping the cycle of competition, right? Um, I don't know. I love those wolf books, man. Uh, but, <laughs> but you just, tell just me a book about a wolf. I'm, I'm kind of down. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, it's I, I think that's always a risk, you know, when you do um, kind of metaphorical works that people are going to pick up on the wrong things. And, sure. you know, it, it's definitely a problem with satire. But, you know, that's why we're very on the nose with Beef Bros. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like, interesting because that is one thing, like, I feel like personally I would always sort of prefer to have it be like subtext rather than just outright text. Um, like just, you know, personal preference. But yeah. I, mean, I think that's, I think that's an interesting thing that you're talking about is like, well, if you can't trust that people are going to take the subtext out of it, then well, like yeah. just bash them over the head and well, like, you know, good, like good old comics, good literature and stuff. They can be not subtle. Yeah. They can just be, tell you, this is what it is. Well, I tell people, you know, like, there's a difference, right? Like, Jack London wrote metaphors, right? Sure. Um, it's, it's metaphorical writing. It's a story, and then there's, like, um, there's context and knowledge you can bring to it to understand. And like, and they, weren't, they aren't even direct metaphors, right? They are thematic explorations, right? Um, Beef Bros is designed to be something else. Beef Bros is designed to be a parable, sure. right? Like, there, there's, it's not even really metaphor, because it's just so literal. Uh, but it right, is a right, right, right. it is a distilled down example of these larger thematic issues. Um, so it's a, it's a different approach, man. Um, and different big, than say a GI Joe comic or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 quite different from the GI <laughs> Joe comics I've written. I would say. <laughs> well, you know, I just wanted to make sure that this is, if you're a fan of GI Joe, don't come into this book looking for another GI Joe comic. That's not unless what unless what you liked about my GI Joe run was all that kinetic action man because we got we got we got loads of that this, they will both be gonzo but what we're talking about here is you know story you know <laughs> did that uh, answer your question or is that just me it, it, no through? dude that that was great what was the question what yeah i don't remember i honestly oh, do not remember how did you get this way that's the <laughs> what is what's wrong with Broadly, you Aubrey, how did you end up like this explain yourself <laughs> yeah um uh, sorry go ahead no, yeah, uh, uh, in terms of questions, in terms of, like, you know, you're you're in media mode. Uh, you're, you're getting asked a lot of questions, so I, yeah, I got one. Yeah, you've been making the circuit. You've been doing the rounds. Yeah. Today's been yeah. a big day, man. I did an AMA. I talked to Rob Rousseau, and I'm here talking to y'all. Y'all get the I, – I had all day to practice and get my talking points down, so you were getting the – you're getting well, the so primo, you're getting the primo getting content points. now. They're just getting rote <laughs> bullshit. But go <laughs> I have it all. It's all tattooed on my arm, memento style. <laughs> Daniel. Uh, yeah, no, Aubrey. Aubrey. Okay, sorry, I wrote this out uh, because yeah, it's. He was cool. prepared. I wanted to. Cool. Yeah, I, I tried to prepare a little bit. I like okay, that. Okay, so Aubrey, you're 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 a writer. How can you live with yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I feel bad about it sometimes. Y'all have to do so much more have work. Have you ever thought about drawing? Uh, I think about drawing, and sometimes I try to, and I get very frustrated because I'm 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 not 
naturally predisposed to it, which I know is like a shitty thing to say. How but, dare uh, you? But I'm not. Like, I, I don't have an affinity for it. Um, People and... like Daniel and I have to work really hard to be as talentless as we are. Speaking of the, speaking <laughs> of the proletariat, right? Dude, no, but, yeah. that's, but here's, like, here's the thing. I, I'm not one of these guys who's like, oh, yeah, people are naturally talented and stuff. I think that's silly. It, it's work, right? But I do think that people will have a, an affinity for learning how to do a specific type of work. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a kid, like, I, I, I wasn't naturally inclined to play music either, right? Like, I didn't like the aspect of practicing it, the theory aspect of it. I found confusing and boring, and it didn't click for me. But I loved reading, you know, and I loved I, I loved writing and creating things that way. And so that was a skill that I tried to hone because it was something I enjoyed more. I think you guys probably enjoy pushing a pencil across the page more than I do at the end of the day. And that leads you to be more willing to dedicate all that time man and it is a ton of time uh and that's yeah, no, why i feel bad I, we, sometimes we absolutely love being at our desk entire days <laughs> our our backs hurting we love it it's like every single time i i'm crying and i call my mom i'm like i love comics so much i haven't seen her in months and i'm like mom i just love comics why are you calling your mom uh, crying all that time that poor woman because of comics because comics okay. are breaking oh, cause comics. My, I see. Okay. my entire <laughs> life comics no like i understand what you mean life. i feel That's like everyone everyone's brains are, are a little different i agree with you about the music music is kind of like a mystical magical thing like it's, but you could have learned it. Uh, you could have. You, you just didn't put the time in. Time. Yeah, time and timing. I feel this. I, I feel the same way. Puerto Ricans are naturally rhythmless. Yeah, no, I, I got <laughs> That's genes. well established, like, listen right? This. Listen to this. <laughs> that sounds That's good, man. Natural. My hips Beautiful. are moving. My hips are moving that right now. That was off time, though. That was reggaeton for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's the Latino beat. <laughs> that's, that's the Latino uh, beat. Get a fucking no klaxon, a fucking air horn in there. So yeah. It's the only thing you were missing. But... <laughs> no, but that comes naturally. That's a lie, though. My dad cannot applaud. He cannot keep a beat to save his life. It was always an embarrassment. Every Sunday at church, people would take away the tambourine from him because why'd your dad have a tambourine why'd your dad have a tambourine churches over here churches are loaded with tambourines that's in cool. Puerto Rico. <laughs> that sounds fun there's like six church tambourines and most of the time uh, when people get it because we're puerto ricans we know how to play it but my dad I, I don't know is it ever like a byot situation or do they you have to use the church tambourine? Oh, if you if you're really into the tambourine you can get yours and you can write your name on it and that'll be your tambourine i want to join a i want to join a puerto rican church man are they like is are these like pentecostal churches um evangelical pentecostal mennonite like everybody's got tambourines most of them have tambourines yeah cool yeah neat it's a really good beat it's a (laughs) you can you can get a really good beat off pretty easily you can wow i just said you can really get (laughs) you can get a good beat off was your only prepared um, question really just how do you live? It was entire. That was the only one I wrote down. <laughs> okay. Was shaming Aubrey for being a writer. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's that was productive. That was good. I'm glad you did it. Because <laughs> this is this is like post media blitz, yeah, Aubrey. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. this is us. This yeah. Is, you, like you're not. Uh, you're probably gonna get five. Beef Bros sales at least at from least this, maybe five from this episode. at least five new beefers. You might get a beefer. <laughs> One, let's say yeah. higher. Hey, let's well, say higher. That's that. that was pre iTunes, Spotify, Pod. Yeah, y'all are uh, everywhere Pocket now. Pocket Cast. 
everywhere. This is, is going to be in the podcast networks. We're in the so, networks, baby. Look us up. But but this is much more about um, uh, maybe just making fun of you a little bit. Fun. <laughs> That's fine, man. I'm used to it. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. No, wait. Do uh, something. What are you going to do, Daniel? Like, Talk a big game? What are you going to say, huh? No, no. I actually, I had another plan. My second plan, oh. I had talked this out with, with Ramon. You That's didn't what I was ask me. For. Yeah, you didn't ask me anything today. And we wanted to do a. Let me see if I can get this acronym right. We wanted to do an AYAMA. An AYAMA. A-Y-A-A-M-A, in which we just asked you about your AMA. <laughs> oh. Right. oh, 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 my on, on Reddit? Fine, I guess? Yes, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There so was... we're just going to ask you about the questions and just how you felt about the question, <laughs> yeah, how it made you, you feel. Like you could have responded better, more honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think like, I, I think I, we, Tyrell was on well, it too. And I we'll think find we, out. Go ahead. You Dan, were very man. thoughtful. Okay. If somebody wanted to become a beef bro, if I wanted to become a beef bro, what kind of what kind of things should I be working on? Any recommended daily practices? Any books to read? Oh wait, are you guys just reading the questions from the AMA right now? No, now we're just now we're asking you how yeah, you felt about that question. About the, like, did you think it was a good question? Yeah, did, did I you did. Feel like that it was from a friend of mine. Too, it was from a friend of mine. Much? What? I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't want to say his name. I, he doesn't have his name on there, so I feel like it's a privacy violation. Oh wait, this is like a okay. you. Wait a minute. You had plants in your AMA? Who's, no, who's, just I mean I don't know. I thought who's, who's I refuse. I will not name names. I so refuse. Wait, what you're telling me is that a communist won't name names. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse. And you had plants. This is an Aubrey sock puppet. <laughs> a friend of his. <laughs> Listen, all these people are my all these people are my friends, man. All these folks I meet on social media and chit chat over us, the course of years. I call you a friend, don't I? Next, you're going to tell us that the Twitch stream you went on was a girl who lives in Canada. <laughs> I, listen, it's, a, it's definitely a dude who lives in Canada, Rob Rousseau. Um, wow, well, but we don't know because we've never knows? been to Canada. Prove it. Who knows? <laughs> this is a great bit, Daniel. I'm glad that you did this one too. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I I didn't even want to like keep asking. I just like the idea of asking you about and ask me anything. Because I've idea. never done one, and I thought that this would be an illuminating experience to ask you about what it was like to do one. It was all right. Like at some point, no, at some point people before. are going to ask me and Daniel to do an AMA, I'm sure of it. And we just want to know how to prepare for an AMA. Like, what? Because, mm-hmm. like, anything? <laughs> people generally crazy. don't. People... Yeah, they kept it pretty on topic for, for you opening it up to ask you anything. Comic books. They just ask you about, like, B-Pros. Comic books. Comic books. Comic books reddit uh i've done a few mma amas at before and they're always MMA, 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 MMA. uh they are usually really good about staying on topic man um and because the people there the people there are fans Too much discipline the people there are fans and they're stoked to have creators coming and chit and chatting with them can we do an mma ama right now no because I, I don't know anything i know frank nothing. frank or uh, Frank Shamrock or Tito Ortiz all time. Who you got? <laughs> I I'm gonna, can I go Ken Shamrock? Oh fuck, that was the other brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're allowed. <laughs> I'll take Ken Shamrock. You know what's fucked up is like 
He's the more famous one because he was the pro wrestler. Yeah, man, he was the WWE. He was the more talented one, but he's that's not the one that first comes to mind. That's weird. I, or is it? I don't even know. I don't know anything about MMA. Except he for like what fight, filters through wrestling. He didn't fight. Uh, Ken Shamrock never fought one of the Diaz brothers, so it, it means less. I see. So there's a big asterisk yeah. next to his name. Didn't that, never fought a Diaz brother. <laughs> never got his ass beat by a Diaz brother. <laughs> All I know about MMA is the sick highlights. Yeah, that's enough. see the most <laughs> amazing people possibly getting concussions and dying in slow motion <laughs> on, on Twitter. Absolutely. I just, you know, I, I watch it for the whole thing. I want to see the full anguish of a human being, like, just being beaten down, bloodied, destroyed. And it's a process, you know? I would like for I would like for MMA UFC a thing that I don't pay attention to at all. Uh, but <laughs> when I when I do pay attention to it, I would like for it to be I would like to, for it to be either like fifty percent more fixed or fifty percent less fixed. You know what I'm saying? Like I would I would like for it to be I would like for them to either like go full on sports style with like actual sensible rankings and everybody facing everybody and it takes forever, but it's fair and there's like a, a logic to it. Or I would like for them to just go full carny. You know, like you like a either a classic karate tournament, like a like a numbered, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I want it to be like or, the G one. Yeah, or uh, WWE with more violence. Yeah, well, at least like so, more like I, I would want more like carnival show stuff, like bringing it, like bringing in CM Punk. Like if you're gonna bring in CM Punk to to wrestle at the top level, man, bring in anybody. Bring it. So get, get rid of weight classes, right? Like do all the I've wacky found, stuff. I love MMA, but I agree with you generally. Here's what I've been watching to sort of get my fix: is Russian street fighting. That stuff looks nuts. I, I post it in our group Ramon, chat. Ramon, you've yeah, gotten me into it. Like my, <laughs> you've invaded my algorithm on YouTube. Dude, they keep suggesting they suggested me some good ones. Dude, because it's always like rugby boy fights MMA legend or something, and the guy's never an MMA legend. <laughs> the never, rugby guy, not one of them. The they rugby say, guy is two sick. MMA legends on at the same time, and it's just one guy. <laughs> well, he fights two people. Dude, I uh... like one after another. But so, like the way Russian MMA works, though, is. There's no time limits. There's no draws. The only breaks you'll take is if you get sand in your eyes because they fight in dirt piles. Cool. Not like a ring. Like There's ropes around a pile of dirt and then they just say like, go. We don't stop until one person wins. And I've seen one fight where it was a draw. There's like, we, this is never going to end. Draw, draw. You're too tired. And then they had the same guys fight like in a month and then one guy won. And so like, interesting. Dude, but there's I, no points. It's just like yeah. you're gonna get knocked out or you're gonna get choked out, and that's it. Years ago, I saw this thing. I think it was Russian, man. It was like uh, it was like listen, we're doing something brand new. It's five on five MMA. Oh, and, just, and they just charge yeah. at each other, and everybody that fights. And and the thing, and like it was everybody's like, wow, this is something wild, and this is nuts. And how can they even do this? And is this safe? Team and the answer is, no, like, it's not safe. Because inevitably what happens is, one guy gets a really good punch in, then they then they outnumber the other group, yeah. and then they just systematically beat the shit out of each of one. That's every yeah, single match. They war. all go like that. It's ridiculous. And I, I think it ended pretty quickly, because it was dumb. <laughs> yeah, well I love yeah, I would love it if it was even two on two. If one guy gets knocked out and you see two guys pummel another person. I'd be down to watch that too. 
I'd probably, like, I mean, I'd give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely speaking, watch the highlights. Speaking of wrestling, though, you know, yeah. you and I, for for about two years after the podcast even ended, you did straight shoot for a long time. I was a, a love, one of the most beloved guests that you ever had. America's Sweetheart. Yeah, man. It was Max Landis, then me. Yeah, that was the rankings. <laughs> that, was the power, that was the power rankings. Um. And after now, that, now the power like, rating has switched for at like this point. two years. <laughs> he got canceled. I didn't get canceled. So yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah. Last one standing, whatever it takes. Um, it was a great podcast. People hey, loved thanks, it. Um, I loved being on it, but it did kind of ruin my life for like a year and a half where every time I go to a show, I'd meet lovable fans, great people that just want to talk to me about wrestling. Fun. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you I mean like a I'm comic? A... You mean like a comic book show or a wrestling oh, show? No, a comic book show. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm. It's like it's fine, right? Like I could talk about it, except for when I stopped watching it. <laughs> in, yeah. In which case, I'm like, I don't watch wrestling anymore. At like, or sorry, I don't watch WWE anymore. I would still like try to go to local shows and you know watch some of the other organizations and stuff. Um, but it was amazing how much my like. I would just sit at a table, talk to people who like were genuinely passionate and like psyched about it. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, is that what they're doing? <laughs> Do you get that? Do you get people that? Because I know you also don't watch wrestling or you know WWE specifically. Yeah. That, I, when you say wrestling, it's like when you say I don't read comics, but what you mean is like I don't read X Men. Yeah. Guess. Yeah. I um. I kept watching New Japan for a long time, and so like that kept me pretty covered you know, when talking yeah. to people um, and because like, you know, if you're at a comic book show and somebody comes up to you to talk wrestling, chances are they're pretty diehard and they're up for talking about new Japan. So that kept, especially me you specifically, like, yeah, like, uh, so that kept me covered for a while, but man, I haven't been watching anything since COVID stuff started. Um, yeah. Not only like, like I tried to watch some, like I did like a watch party with a few friends and watched like some of the WrestleMania and man, it was, it was the, bummer, it, dude. The empty arena stuff ain't for me. Um, it's just not what I like about wrestling. And like the weird like Zoom chat background thing, that's even I, worse, I think. I find that dystopian and terrible looking. I you know? fully agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the so, aesthetics of WWE, like I, we used to talk about this back in the day. And I was like, I don't like it. It's like too glossy. It's too like weird to me. And yeah. it's only gotten worse. And it feels more like dystopian a dystopian yeah, and like psycho feeling. I don't like it. Um, and so I haven't really been watching, man. I mean, like, and part yeah. of it's like, honestly. So I had taken a little break already after um, the graphic novel, um, comic book story, fresh wrestling with Chris Moreno, available now. Um, we book. got that book. Uh, after that, I needed a break from pro wrestling um, because I had spent years, man. Um, being a professional fan in one degree or another, working at WWE, working on the, like writing about wrestling on the internet, working at WWE games, doing straight shoot, researching the book. I needed a break. I needed to kind of detox and kind of like rebuild my critical faculty. And that's something I need to do. How do you cleanse that palate? (laughs) You watch the crown? No, I just don't watch. (laughs) I just, I don't watch wrestling. I read, I've been, man. And I, I've been catching up on other stuff, comics and, uh, like I started Jack London novels, dude. Uh, How can I, you read about wolves if you're worried about you know? I don't. I don't. Even, I can't. I legit can't even think of a the upcoming match right between now. David Finlay and Kenta for I the for the right to challenge title. I don't know. Like, yeah. The, but yeah, like I, 
I don't know. I've been just doing, doing other stuff. I've been feeding the feeding the the engine with different fuel, man. Like I've been reading a lot of uh, nonfiction lately. Um, a lot of like I subscribe to a couple different lefty magazines. I've been reading those. I've been reading old comics. Um, just I don't know. Take an inspiration. To Max Flintayo. Say say again. So you've been listening to Max Flintayo, of course. Of course, just on a loop. Premier just on a left, loop all the time. Comics pod. Yeah, the premiere one. Is not that the Gutter Boys? <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, so I, fortunately, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like a silver lining to COVID that I haven't actually had to fake being a wrestling fan with anybody because <laughs> I don't go yeah, any because there's nowhere to, I don't go anywhere. I'm at home all the time. I, I'm very fascinated though right now because I we we talked very very briefly about this uh, before, but like. I think wrestling has always been so transparently like business focused about shit. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, like even in the days where there was like, you know, straight up, everybody thought it was real. Like Ric Flair would still go in and talk about how much money he was making. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was always, it was always such a big part of it. And, you know, I remember growing up, I thought like, the NWO guys were sick as fuck because they said like, fuck you to their old boss, you know, and like Stone Cold as well. You know, but they said, fuck you to their old boss. They went, they joined a new company, had like their own, you know, fucking t-shirts, their own crew. You know, they would take over the whole fucking thing. Like, this is a real workers' rights movement. And I think like (laughs) wrestling has an interesting way of like sort of getting people to think about that stuff in ways that, you know, I don't think they do a great job of, uh, I don't think they do a great job of, of telling those stories always now specifically but there is like another like workers rights kind of thing happening right now with all these twitch things where like a lot of wrestlers are making like crazy money on twitch and wwe has been like you know what we decided we want that money right so like and the libertarian thing is like oh if you sign the contract that's the contract but now they're like ruthlessly going like here's the new contract right take all your money anyways yeah and like they can't travel so they can't do extra shows like it's a crazy situation right now for professional wrestling um i mean here's the thing it's not it's the same situation that professional i mean and that's i think this is like a broader thing right like this isn't crazy this isn't an aberration this isn't new right, right, right. it's what it's what it's always been like you and i were talking about this offline well, i think i think crazy to me because so many people are just going like well okay then fuck the wwe you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for the second time again, but you know. But yeah. it won't matter because it won't matter because there's right. like there's a hundred people waiting in line behind them for that spot. You exactly, know. Yeah. And so like, and that's kind of the thing. You know, like, I, you and I have talked about this before that like wrestling is really interesting because I think wrestling at its core is about exploitation. And like, not only is right. that what it's about and what it's based on, right? The exploitation of you know the promoter exploiting the talent, but also, you know, the very structure of this art form is all about tricking the viewer, right? There's not a suspension. There's not like a, a choice for suspension of disbelief. It's about fooling you into thinking what's true isn't, you know? And like, it's yeah. confusing you. Like, and th- this happens at every level. Like, whether you're like a little kid who thinks it's legit and on the up and up, or if you're like a super hyper smart mark who reads all the dirt sheets, but still gets surprised because sometimes you get worked, you know? And like, yeah. it's just another way of getting fooled. And that's, not only is that, inherent to the form but it's what we like about it you know like we like how exploitive and nasty um wrestling is because it is a, it's a cartoon of capitalism 
You know, yeah. it is, it's, it's a character, 100%. it's a character of it. And that is what wrestling is through and through. It's capitalism porn. It's like watching Shark Tank, which I also love, honestly. Um, it's, you know, what, it, I, what I love about it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's like Shark Tank. It is just a ruthless, clear eyed depiction of how this system works, you know? And, and what I love about it is it does that in a way that comics doesn't where like, if you try to explain to somebody why there's no comics union. Like, a lot of people, they don't, like, get it through their head that they could just easily replace you. But if you see a person wrestling one week, they have a dispute with management, and the next week it's a different person in that spot. Same exact spot, different person wearing the belt. It's very, very clear what happened. You know what I mean? I don't think people like, care, though. I mean, like, and that's, you know, and this no, is like but a... In, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I don't think people. Are, I don't think the people watching WWE are going to give a hoot. The same oh, way, yeah, yeah. the same way, the people reading name a mainstream comic that had like an issue where the person working on it quit and they replaced him the next month. The people reading it don't care. Yeah. They don't care, right. man. It doesn't matter. And like, and I think this is this is a crucial thing, right? And this is again, we're getting into libertarian versus authoritarian. Right? Where do our solutions come from? Do our solutions come from these systems treating us better, or do our solutions come from building our own systems? Yeah. Right? Do, do our solutions come from us doing something else outside of it? You know, and and discovering a better way. Because at the end of the day, you know, all the best anyone's ever going to get from WWE or like this any other massively powerful corporation that holds all the cards all you're ever going to get is minor concessions and you're only ever going to get that if you're at the tippy tip top right, right? um and, so yeah sorry, good no and so i think well, that, i mean i think that touches on the the thing we were talking about earlier in terms of you know where our solutions come from yeah well, one of the things i was going to say is we talked about it on like the first episode um i know you didn't listen to it um but i listened to the first episode about... i have not listened to the big gleb episode but i have oh, listened, you listened i did to listen to the first episode yeah, yeah, yeah one of the things that we were talking about was how image comics revolution is kind of bullshit like all they wanted to do was make like they wanted to own the capital themselves but they were not interested in distributing it in a way that was like fair to workers or like other creators you i know, think that's like... a i think that's a really astute observation but i i'll i will mitigate it somewhat uh, okay. if i may which i, I think you're correct Right. Um, but I will say this. And I think it's again, it comes back to this, these like base level assumptions and um, foundational um, uh, truths. Right. That were kind of universally acknowledged in the culture. Um, the fact of the matter is, for many, many years up until very recently and honestly, still kind of true today. If you want to, We've talked about this before, too. If you want to make a living, if you want to make a decent living in comics, you've got to work for these companies. Right? right, you've got to, you've got to do work for hire these companies. If you want to escape from that, well, you've got to own, you've got to do what the companies are doing. You have to, sure. right? If you sure. if you want to, if you want to do better, right? Which everybody but, does. But and that's there have been moments. There have been moments where they could have fundamentally changed the system in maybe. comics. Maybe in the seventies when when Neil Adams tried to get a union for sure. going. In the nineties yeah. when they did leave Marvel and DC and said we're starting this new thing, they could have created a company that wasn't so you know, sort of like Darwinistic, I guess you could say, like, you know, like they, they protected those seven guys, but yeah. some of those books would not have. Yeah, it was a, it was without... a company made for them. Sure, they right. made themselves a company that exalted them. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that you guys are and not they giving. Could still do they could still do things that are like vicious, like Image Comics could do things that are 
ruthlessly vicious towards creators sure. that won't get talked about because you can't talk about it because well, then you won't get another image book. Well, here's the thing. I mean, and that's true. That's true of every any job, right? That's 100%, not you know. But, but I, I'll say this too to defend image. Um, except for wait a second. Except for in wrestling, where you can talk about that shit. And it becomes a storyline later. It becomes a storyline. No, come dude, back it's, and it's, it's no problem. It's true. It's true. It's true in comics too, man. There are tons of people who uh, unless who you have, tweet, unless you tweet that you support a union. <laughs> uh, there, there's a tons of tons of instances in comics where people are PNG and they can never come back up until the point where the company realizes they could actually make some money by bringing them back. That's true sure. of everybody, right? It's true sure. in wrestling. It's true in comics. It's true everywhere. Um, what I'll yeah, say about what I'll say about Image Comics. comics what I'll, say, what I'll say about Image Comics is this, um, and I think this is a, a thing that you guys are underselling. Um, Image Comics is a deal that does not exist anywhere in comics, does not exist anywhere else, period. You cannot, you cannot get a publishing deal where you own 100% of the IP. You cannot. Yeah. Uh, pay, like in any publishing house, any place that's going to publish your, your graphic novel, your regular novel, they're going to take some kind of ownership right you still get to control the copyright you own it but they get a percentage they get a cut right of everything right. if it becomes a movie if it becomes a tv show if they make t-shirts they get some of that yeah. right and that's and that and your agent argues for you and tries to get you as best as possible but it's never an option that you keep all of it because all of those are designed to be companies that turn a profit for their shareholders and executives and board members image is not and I right. think that and that's I, I and I think say, that is I think that is revolutionary and amazing and um you know not to say that not, not to say you can't it's not, not revolutionary in a way where like it's like it's not a co-op it's not a co-op exactly no right. it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right but but that's how some people talk about it right and, like, and that's you fair talk to people who don't understand how the business of comics works and people have like delusional fantasies about the shit. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is a subtle distinction that in most, like most of the time when you're, because and here's the thing, man. Yes, there's always room for improvement, but on the scale of how comic book publishers operate, yeah, images is, is a different, it's a different beast entirely. It is a deal that does not exist anywhere else in media. I think, I think it's, it's, you're right, Aubrey. Of course uh, I am. In in the in the sense that <laughs> no no I wait for my butt though. Okay. Wait for my butt. You're right in the sense that uh, the rights and and privileges that image provides to their creators are uh, unprecedented or 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 there there isn't anyone who compares to them in that sense if you're like lucky enough to be brought into this sort of like mount olympus of creators that they will uh that they will publish but uh then robert kirkman just made skybound is like nope we're keeping all those rights it's like it's image but it's skybound and everything belongs to skybound if we publish it it's like it feels like a step back uh, well i mean that's that's always been part. i mean that's what i was talking about earlier right is that you know and that's not something new right that's how mm -hmm. that's how um uh wildstorm that's how like rob's dozen different companies Stream. shadow line you know like that that's how all of these top cow shout out to all shout, out, shout out to rob leafield yeah man like that's that's how that's how they operate so like that's not anything right. new and, or like and but here's the thing like you're right um but you're right you're right like that but that doesn't that doesn't invalidate. Right. i just don't like the condescension that's it 
What? Like, the whole thing is, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, not from you or specifically, but just from the people who have, like, gotten to the mountaintop looking down and being like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you down there? Right. You know what I and mean? And then the select few on the mountaintop you know? get their imprints. It's not where they can go and do the full the full capitalism. You're right. Not the not the pretty and image deal. There's, there's no class awareness from dudes like you know Rick Remender who made it in made it by doing Marvel books. You know, not only, but then once he did them, like he talks about this shit like. Like, you know, everybody has of the affordabilities of, like, a white dude from, like, where he's from that came up when he came up. You know? Like, yeah. things are different now for everybody. For everybody. Yeah. I mean, dude, can I tell you? I mean, and this sounds like my, my pitch spiel, but it's true. Like, this is this is what we're trying to address with Beef Bros, man. This is why we're doing it the way we're doing it. You know? We're, yeah. Like, this is and what, that's what's And we're being about... really transparent about it, too, is that, like, look, like, if if we make a bunch more money, we've got a plan for it, man. It's going to go back into the book. It's going to go back to the creators who worked on the book. And it's going to be funding them on the next one. Um, and yeah. that's something new. That's that's what is great about crowdfunding. Um, that's what's great about Patreon, which, by the way, we have. Patreon.com slash. Look at that. I love. I'm in. Oh, gasp. I'm so impressed. I just got whiplash from that set. Ooh. Ooh, it's so hot. Oh, my God. You like, you like that? That's it's really go, good. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, no, that was, gun- that was shout good. Out Mex- shout out to Mex- our Lentayo. Flintalo, if you need to know how to write it down, dot <laughs> right. patreon.com. Uh, yeah, but no, like, you know, my, my thing has, my thing with that has always been like, all this, all these ways of making that shit are valid. Making comics is not, a, is not a right. It's a privilege that we have. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I hate when I see people, you know, I, I've, you know, I got into it with people before that are just like, uh, when they talk about it, they talk about it with like such distance from the struggle of people actually working on the fucking books. Yeah. You know, once you get to a certain level, like the more money you have, the easier shit just gets to make it. And that's true. There's not a lot of class awareness. There's not a lot of class awareness in comics. You know, I mean, I think that's true everywhere. That's not just comics, you know? Yeah. There's definitely, but this is a comics podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, There's definitely an indentured (laughs) artist class that gets completely overlooked. Uh, when it comes to these conversations, like the people who are literally struggling to survive month to month, who could use some kind of health benefit, sure. who could like just yeah. all those things uh, are are talked over by uh, con- just like comics contrarians and not to like uh, generalize, but writers really love to uh, not take uh, this kind of stuff seriously or not to defend the people who are out here putting the hours. Listen, yeah, Aubrey. Man, I am, listen, I take very seriously, <laughs> yeah, I take very seriously my role as one of the good ones, honestly. So no, you're definitely uh, one of the good ones. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah. Shout out, shout out skybound, shout out image, shout out DC, Marvel, all of them, whatever. If you give love me them. money, I love, and I respect you. If they, if they, if they <laughs> bought some advertising space on flexman or Mex Flintalo. And you know, and like, if they pay me to draw, I will draw Spider Man tomorrow. Editors at those companies too, who are just fantastic people, beautiful <laughs> men, and Big women, beautiful men, and, and, and also and treated women, like shit. But whatever, also, yeah, treated, also like treated like shit. Like shit. Yeah, man. It's an interesting conversation that I had with a friend of mine where we were talking about how DC let these editors go recently, and you know, mm-hmm. it was like became like, well, are they management or are they labor? And it's like, well, they're both. Yeah, but everybody's getting treated like shit. The only difference is they're getting treated like shit, and they have benefits. Right. But at the end of the day, 
they just got their job slashed. So yeah, I'm sympathetic. Yeah, and they've and they've no yeah. they've no security and like here's a like yeah I don't know I don't want to talk it's grim it sucks because they've because no, like it, they don't they get cut loose and like where are they gonna go like what like right. where who's gonna hire yeah them? do like, they get like severance packages do know. they get anything I have no idea you know I have no idea yeah I guess we're I, talking I from the that, outside maybe Ramon you know. knows I kind of doubt it I kind of <laughs> doubt I kind of doubt they did but who knows I hope not I hope they did yeah are you bet all best wishes best respects you know to my guys mark doyle and andy core specifically when we did border town it was a fucking nightmare at the end as a lot of people know about and those two dudes were like really really key in like keeping me sane yeah <laughs> um and paid so you know they're related bless bless, bless andy Corey. bless back mark doyle yeah but it was an interesting conversation just because it's like where do they fall in between that? And like, you know, some people are quick to write them off as management editors at these companies, but like you were one yep. and you were treated like shit. And yep. you eventually were like, you know, how, how did you leave Marvel when you left there? Oh, I got a job at WWE. And so you're just like, all right, fuck you guys. Yeah, I quit. Um, I mean, nice. like I, I, you know, I put in my notice and I did everything the right way and all, but um, you know, I, uh, I started working at Marvel. What was it like there? Well, I got a question. I got some questions from your Marvel days. Yeah. Hey man, I, I don't have a. I don't Ramon, have. A, I don't are you trying a... to get like inside dirt on Marvel? I, are you trying to Ramon, like? I have are a playing. Ramon, I hate to break it to you, but I've got to go soon, man. Oh yeah, yeah. We've been talking for an hour. Lightning yeah. round, lightning round. We go a little bit longer on this podcast, but if you need to go soon, if you're used to doing shorter podcasts, <laughs> I, I think I did like. I Company like, Secrets Lightning Round. Tell us about Marvel. I did. I did. You, I used to do two hours per episode for your little podcast about. That's wrestling. not true. Ninety minutes. Ninety minutes tops. Lies. <laughs> well, and we're at an hour. I'm looking at the counter right now. We're at an hour and twenty right now. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyways, yeah, we'll wrap it up. I just want to ask a couple. Yeah, man. Lightning round questions. Uh, how great of a guy was Warren Simons, my editor at Bad Ideas? <laughs> Dude, Warren and I didn't get along. Warren and I oh. butted. Warren and I, we're, we're pals now. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, man, uh, we butted heads. We did not get along. I was. I think we were. We we talked about it actually. New York makes you an angry dude. It's an angry place to live, man. Uh, and I was a much younger. Both, you both seem pretty chill now. We do. We, so California has are, mellowed us, man. Yeah. Is what you're saying that you guys had beef and now you're bros? <laughs> I think that's a that is a succinct way to put it for sure. Uh, one other lightning round question. Yeah, because I have to know. Uh-huh. I'm dying to know. Uh-huh. Uh, what's that motherfucker's name with the hat? I don't know. Uh, was, the one who was just arguing, Tom Briefort. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tom Briefort, multiple hats or just one hat? At like the, you at, saw at the time. Yeah, I think he just had the one. He might have gotten That's more. Crazy, I don't know. I, I doubt imagine? it's. I doubt it's the same one. It's been a long. time. I'm a man of many hats. I have so many hats, and like I love them. So was like, it I your job imagine. to clean that hat, Aubrey? No, I don't. I was as not an assistant editor. I would as assistant editor. I didn't rank high enough to be cleaning that hat. I think that was <laughs> that was a. I I had not. That's a that's a responsibility you have to earn, and I I had I didn't get that far. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer, <laughs> but I do want to give you some more opportunities to plug Beef Bros, to plug you know, your Twitter, whatever else you got. Yeah, man. Go ahead. I talked, on us, I talked to a beef rose at length, man. Y'all know about it. I, I gave you the whole spiel. Well, so just like, like, where can they, yeah, man, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm weaving a tale. <laughs> I'm a writer. I'm a storyteller, okay. a raconteur. Well, uh, you're the one who implemented this time limit. 
<laughs> so yeah, man, uh, you can find Beef Bros really easily on Kickstarter. Uh, just search for it, Beef Bros. Uh, find me on Twitter at Aubrey Citizen, and I talk about Beef Bros extensively there. AubreyCitizen.com has got everything I've got going on. Um, Beautiful. Beef Bros. Wait, you promote? Say again? I haven't heard a thing. I said, wait, you do promotion? I haven't heard a thing about this. I, I do a, I do a little bit of self-promotion. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm, always, I'm really honest about this. If you don't put yourself over, nobody's gonna. So there I you understand go. But it's, the Kickstarter campaign month is grueling. It is. It is. It is a month of pardon my but, French whoring. It's a month of whoring, and you got to do Kickstarter, it. Kickstarter though, you should do it for all of your stuff. I don't understand why people get mad. Like I promote a lot when I, one of my books comes out. Yeah, they don't come out that often, but when they do, I let <laughs> people know about it because otherwise. Like it might be a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, yeah. My the big companies aren't going to promote the stuff for you. My big thing right. is this, man. Uh, I, I, I think there are creators who make stuff because it's like a spiritual experience for them, and it can just go in the. It can be like Emily Dickinson. She did that, right? Just put it all in a drawer, and somebody can find it later. That's not me, man. I don't know. I never read it. That's this not is me. International Men's Day, baby. <laughs> That's not me, man. I make art for people to enjoy, to engage yeah. with. You know, like Absolutely. I write stuff so people can read it, and I. When I've written something, I'm proud of it uh, because because yeah. my, my thing is this, man. If you're not proud of the work you did, you should have done better. <laughs> you should have right. worked harder on that. It should be the best thing you, you can possibly do. You just shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. For people who don't like promo, do you think I worked this hard making these beautiful pages to not get external validation from them? <laughs> no, I'm going to need that validation. Yeah, man. I'm going to need you to tell me that I'm great and that I draw beautiful things. Even beyond that, man, I'm proud of the work that we're doing on Beef Bros, that we did on No One Left to Fight, that we did on Comic yeah. Story Professional Wrestling, everything. I want people to read this stuff. I want them to engage with it. It is why I create it. You know, being a creator, like, that's why I don't, whenever people talk about like, oh, you know, show some humility and, you know, you should be humble and blah, blah, blah. It's Never. Like, well, here's the thing, man. If you're a creator... You're not humble. You're a narcissist. Right. You think that you have something to say that other people need to hear. That you have. I disagree. I'm incredibly humble. <laughs> I'm incredibly humble. That's the thing, man. It's all faux humility. So I, I don't have time for it. I don't have time to pretend to be humble. I think my work is great. I think my collaborators and co-creators are amazing, and I want you to read Very it. Sick. Shout out to my guy Tony Gregori. You guys got a book coming out. You can't talk about it. We cannot talk but about it. That's. That's my guy. That's a listener of the show. He's a great artist. I've seen the pages from it. Oh, they're bonkers. It's absolutely wild. They're bonkers. Very gonzo, I would say. <laughs> it's pretty gonzo, I just finished man. coloring a pinup for him. Oh, of, uh, of oh, Tony's yeah. work. We haven't we haven't debuted that one. We just saw it today. It looks dope. Well, this will come up tomorrow. So maybe he'll finish it by today. We don't know. Well, he finished already. I just haven't posted <laughs> it yet. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. Then, no, it's done. Maybe post it for International Men's Day. Which maybe. Is, we'll you know, see. When people are listening to this, hopefully. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited for tomorrow. I'm gonna just walk around with my dick jacket. Out. Yeah, gonna jacket everywhere you go. Um, yeah. So <laughs> on that note, is... <laughs> yeah, I'm staying home. So I'm t- so I'm definitely jacking it wherever I go. Nice, nice, bro. Here, amen, um, brother. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So check out Beef Bros on uh, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Every crowdsourcing platform, look for it. Just going to be on one. Just, yeah, just yeah, look for it elsewhere, <laughs> but it's only on Kickstarter. Just Google to be clear. Beef Bros. It'll be the top hit. Hopefully. I don't know. I haven't tested that. Follow Aubrey. Do it. Where? At Aubrey Citizen on everything. Facebook? Uh, oh, Facebook, I'm Charles Aubrey Citizen. Big Chuck. Yeah, Big Chuck. <laughs> Uh, because uh, because I used Aubrey Citizen for my author page, but then I stopped using that because the algorithm was really lousy and nobody ever saw my posts. <laughs> so. Oh, shit. Yeah, my, you know, 
I love Facebook. I know people of your generation are on it. Um, <laughs> it's a great way to get at millennials. You could follow Daniel. Where Daniel? Uh, you can find me at at geocities Incubus fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Incubus fan sixty nine. Net. Yeah. And you can follow me, of course, as always, Ramon Villalobos. Just like, follow us where our names are. That's where we're spelled. Yeah, just Google our names. That's it. Just look for us. And And make sure, make sure that when you Google my name, it's not with the Y at the end. That'll be somebody else. The Irizarry with the Y at the end, he's an imposter. (laughs) Oh, and make sure, because now we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes. Give us good ratings wherever you listen to this. That would be sick. Hit that follow. Yeah, I don't know how it affects the algorithm. I don't think we're like there yet to even make a debt but you know you can't hurt give us a fucking no, thing we're we're gonna blow up we're gonna get a million listen guys i have to go by. right now yeah i know i know <laughs> i have to leave we'll wrap it up thank you do i need to do anything else no that's what i said no. go ahead take all off right. bro all right dude you you're free. thank you for you ha- free. thank you for having me this is super fun okay thank you bye bye and take it away hell yeah babies bye.